Okay, so this podcast is going to be on abortion. I'm going to do two separate ones, abortion and the right to a child, because I think it's important that you see them as separate topics. So a definition of abortion then is um, the termination of a pregnancy in order to destroy a fetus. Clearly in the UK, abortion is legal. It's legal up to the 24th week of pregnancy. Um, You may even have an abortion after that time if there is a life risk to the mother or the fetus is going to be severely disabled. Um, There's some really, really important kind of ethical questions to look at when talking about abortion. The idea of personhood and what makes someone a person is human life intrinsically valuable and sacred, linked to this, obviously the sanctity of life? Is it always wrong to intentionally kill people? Do we have a duty to preserve innocent life? And then probably most obviously, when does life begin? So if you got asked a question in an exam that was explaining the issues surrounding abortion, I think it would be really great to have in your head those kind of key issues that you would discuss and to kind of structure your essay that way. So central to the debate is the idea of when life begins. Now a lot of people, particularly Christians, would argue that life begins at conception. The Catholic Church certainly argues this. Um, In an encyclical from 1869, The Pope at the time claimed that the fetus is a human person from the moment of conception and that the life of an unborn child is as sacred as that of its mother. And then this teaching has continued to be enforced by subsequent popes. So if you believe that life begins at conception, arguably they should be protected from that moment then. They would use Bible quotes, the sanctity of life ones, like before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. For it was you who formed my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Those verses from GCSE um, are rests you should definitely use to to explain why some people would say life begins at conception. Now, some people would say that actually no, um, life begins at some point after conception they might use the viability argument so until the baby becomes viable in that it could survive outside the womb if necessary which is somewhere around the 24 week mark they might use that as some kind of marker um at birth is the other main option some people would say we can't say that something is a human life until they have been born Mary Ann Warren says that birth is the time when the baby no longer relies totally on its mother for its own survival. Um, You need to obviously talk about the sanctity of life in quite some detail. The teaching on the sanctity of life says that all life is sacred, it's therefore worthy of respect and it is intrinsically worthwhile and potentially therefore worth defending. Those who hold a strong sanctity of life stance, we would refer to as pro-choice. God is the giver and creator of life and people have no right to destroy what he has given. People are seen as created in the image of God. The Latin term for this is imago dei, spelled I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I, two separate words. It would be really nice to use that phrase. This means that human beings are set apart from other animals and have a spark of 
God in them, the breath of life that God breathed into Adam. Um, And if God is therefore the creator of life, surely it's down to him to say when it should start and end. A person does not have the freedom to end his own or anyone else's life. Throughout the Bible, then, we have loads of teachings about the fact that it is wrong to take life, like the most obvious one being you shall not murder. Sanctity of life teachings totally um, underpin natural law. Natural law says that taking life is seen as intrinsically valuable and unborn life must be protected. Obviously, one of the primary precepts is to preserve life. However, Catholics would say that abortion could be justified using the doctrine of double effect. So, for example, um, if a woman needed to have chemotherapy to treat her cancer and the side effect was that the baby died, that would be acceptable. Um, In opposition to the strong sanctity of life stance, there is a weak sanctity of life stance. They say that they're you know, the boundaries between life and death are far more flexible than we used to think. And they would sort of appeal to extraordinary means as a justification for killing. Um, Church of England possibly would hold this um, weak sanctity of life approach to say in some extreme circumstances it might be right. Now there are obviously some strengths of kind of believing in in the sanctity of life it values all human life totally equally it doesn't matter your status your race your gender none of that is considered it clearly it's clear it's straightforward it states that killing is always wrong it avoids too much pressure from certain groups who hold power like if a group decided that they were going to abort a disabled fetus because they didn't think that that life was worthwhile sanctity of life avoids people being able to make decisions like that however there are some weaknesses of the sanctity of life view Charles Charles Darwin obviously in his theory of evolution and natural selection challenged this idea that we were made in the image of God he doesn't see that that is possible when we are faced with all the evidence of evolution Kant also saw no reason to link vital signs, being able to breathe, a heartbeat, all those kind of things, to valuing life. But he did think that the fact that we possessed reason to be a reason a reason that we should value life, if that makes sense. So it's not the fact that we are alive as human beings that means we should value us. It's the fact that we can reason. Peter Singer says that if we treat human life as having priority over the life of an animal, that's speciesism. So we shouldn't just value human life. We should value all life. The other problem with the sanctity of life is that it can't cope with conflicts of duty. Which life is more important or more sacred, that of the mother or that of the fetus? The next thing logically to discuss after the sanctity of life is the quality of life. Some scholars think that those who hold a sanctity of life position um, only make it work by including quality of life arguments. The quality of life view allows the value of life to vary with its quality. However, 
when kind of considering the fetus, there's always the question of whose benefit, who benefits and whose quality of life is being judged, that of the fetus, the parents or society as a whole. There's a bit of a danger here of playing God and the quality of life. If we argue that actually we should allow an abortion because they're not going to have a good quality of life, this could be argued to be paternalistic, which means it's, it's allowing other people to make decisions on behalf of others. Above all, there's a fear that it fails to treat the fetus with dignity and it will lead to some sort of slippery slope um, and allow something like the Holocaust to happen again. However, Peter Singer would say that actually a quality of life ethic is much better because it's based on what it means to be a person. And actually maybe a fetus isn't a person. This leads into a whole nother debate about what exactly a, a person is. And it's really important to consider that. So Mary Ann Warren suggests the following criteria when trying to decide who is a, a person or not. Sentience, so the ability to, to feel. Emotionality, reason, the capacity to communicate self-awareness and moral agency the ability to regulate one's own actions she goes on to say that it's not necessary to have all of these attributes many people do not meet all of these criteria for personhood but yet they're still persons a fetus however does not have any of them and therefore it cannot be considered a person her solution to this is that she does regard the fetus as a potential person but she doesn't think that because it is a potential person, that means it should have a right to life. Other people would disagree with that. They think if you take away the future, you take away their potential, and looking at the fetus as a potential person means that it is wrong to allow abortion. But then what, at what point does that fetus become a person? Some people might say that even if the fetus is a person, abortion may be morally justified. That's what Judith Jarvis Thompson does when she gives her violinist analogy. She goes against the idea that it's always wrong to end the life of an innocent person. She says that even if a fetus has the same right to life as any other human being, women should not be morally obliged to complete every unwanted pregnancy. So her analogy is that you wake up, you've been kidnapped next to um, a violinist, he has a fatal kidney disease, you've been plugged into them. Would it? You, and the only solution you have is to either unplug yourself or to stay plugged in. You're told that if you stay plugged in for nine months, he will survive. So her argument is that most people wouldn't think it would be morally wrong to unplug yourself if it was something that you didn't want. Judith Jarvis Thompson concludes that unwilling persons should not be required to, to be these kind of extreme good Samaritans and that that isn't something that you should have to do. People would argue that is what Judith Jarvis Thompson is examining really only applicable to the example of rape because rape is the only time where it really genuinely was a kind of decision or something that was forced on you 
a further problem about when the fetus becomes a person is that twins, that of twins. So if conception is not a single act but a process, because after conception the embryo might divide into two or more individuals, until about the 14th day of pregnancy it's not possible to say whether it's going to be just a single pregnancy or more than one. So actually, is it then possible to say that the single genetic identity established at conception is the basis for personhood? Because although it has some genetic identity, it hasn't become one single person or more than one. 